Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rug Up Buttercup. We are back with Ashley and Kim for a girl chat. We're going to be chatting a little bit more about PCS because it seems to have gotten a lot of interest and obviously it is that time of year. So we have such a huge part of military life too. Yeah. It's just what's on our mind right now. Luckily, none of us are moving, but we do have friends that are moving right now and we all get it. We have kind of asked questions of like, what, what is concerns, what stories we've heard some of your stories and we all have a lot of experience. Ashley has experience all the way from childhood. We have different kinds of experience too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing like we haven't really touched on is Oconus moves, um, moving overseas, whether that's to Hawaii or Alaska or to somewhere in Europe. And we just had one of our coordinators move to Italy and she was, you know, telling Kim about all the different things that she was having to go through. And when you think of moving, you think of something like super simple, like as simple as packing boxes, putting on a truck, moving from point A to point B. It's really not that simple. There's so many things that go along with it, you know, especially when you're moving overseas, like you have to make sure your family is enrolled in EFMP. And if you've not dealt with EFMP, it is probably one of the biggest headaches in the military to deal with. And you have even, to be, I say, even if you're not like enrolled in EFMP for yourself personally, that you still have to go through the EFMP process. Cause when we moved from Hawaii to Germany and it delays, it delays things very quickly <laughs> because they they're backed up. And even if it's just them having to look at your medical records and say, Oh, nope, they're fine. They're clear. It's yeah. still going to slow things down. Well, and a lot of, and I think this is one of those areas that a lot of people we're kind of moving into EFMP and we're going to talk more about this in another episode, but a lot of people don't understand that you have to be enrolled in it. If you have any type of medical services that you receive on a, on a regular basis, whether that is therapy, that is mental health therapy, their diabetes or anything like that, you have to be enrolled EFMP. So if you're not enrolled and you are trying to do it right before PCS, it just takes way longer because you have to get like all these forms signed and you have to have your records sent in and all this stuff. So it can cause an issue and it can cause you not to go with your spouse. I just had a friend who they had orders to Alaska and their EFMP appointment got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And they ended up, you know, almost thinking that, you know, her husband was going to have to go be stationed in Alaska for three years without them because they weren't going to get accepted and he had to report. Um, thankfully they, they got his orders changed because it got pushed back so many times, but that happens all the time. I don't think people realize that like so many spouses go unaccompanied because their spouses or their kids don't pass EFP and because it wasn't done in a timely manner, they don't get to go. Yeah. And so if you're not aware of what EFMP is, the exceptional family member program and the, the biggest challenge, I think that they're hitting right now is therapy as far as like speech therapy and kids therapy, stuff like that. Because a lot of these um, Okona stations that they may be going to, particularly Alaska, do not have the staff at their medical facilities to facilitate enough appointments for these kids. So I would say just in general, but yeah. like in general therapy, if you need a specialist in general. It's, it's hard when you it's move. It's so hard. Even here, um, it took four months to get into speech therapy when we moved here. 
Yeah. Um, Oconus, they, they want to keep you within the military hospitals, right? So that leaves them with one, maybe two hospitals that are in your region mm-hmm. that can facilitate that. And so it just becomes a point where they don't have access to it to give you that. And that, that it's not fair. I mean, that makes things a lot more difficult for the military life and that it is what it is, but that if you don't know what it is, that's something to make sure you're enrolled in early. Uh, or especially I mean, as soon as you get married, as soon yeah. as your kids are born, start that well, process. You're su- technically, you're supposed to be enrolled as soon as you are diagnosed with something, you're supposed to submit that new diagnosis to EFMP. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't do that. Cause you know, there's some people, there's some MOSs that don't move as often as, you know, say 11 Bravo you know, infantry, you know, that's every three years, some stay in location. So they don't necessarily have to worry about it as often. But if you know, in the back of your head that you guys are wanting to try to do Alaska, Hawaii, or anywhere in Europe, get yourself enrolled, start getting in your role. If you have therapies and things like that, have that enrollment in place. Um, not only is that, but if you don't want to go to those places, you have yourself already in the system and you can say, Hey, we have all of this, our child, you know, we already drive 45 minutes to see a specialist for therapies. You know, obviously that's not going to happen in a lot, you know, in Germany. Um, so it's also a lot easier to say like, Hey, we can't take this. Like we need a compassionate reassignment or whatever it may be for your family. But if you're already enrolled in it, it's a lot smoother. I mean, you just have to do updates periodically with whatever you guys are being diagnosed with. But I really do think that that is one of the biggest headaches for moving, even, even stateside, you still have to be enrolled in it stateside too. Especially if you're going from like, you know, a military base to like recruiting orders, they still have to send you somewhere where you can still receive those therapies. So you just have to keep that in mind. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is a lot of military, I know my husband was one of those people where he doesn't report his own medical stuff, doesn't really want that on his record, which I get, because if you're looking for a certain duty station, it can deter that from actually Mm -hmm. happening. But I think when it comes down to it, if you're going to be using TRICARE and getting these things, you need to be reporting it accurately and you need to be getting your medical help, your mental health, your whatever as a priority too, because we do drop a lot of things to follow the career. And that's not something you should just be dropping because it makes it easier for his career either. And you could always have separate insurance too. Like if that is such a concern, you could have your own insurance. Obviously you're going to be paying for that, whether it's through a company you work for or privately, because if you do have other insurance, TRICARE technically becomes a secondary insurance after that insurance. So if that's something that you want to avoid, that's an option, but obviously that's going to be another cost out of your guys's paychecks. So another concern when you're moving Oconus that we, uh, was what the issue that we had to deal with recently with our coordinator moving is pets. Pets are expensive to move Conus. I mean, here it's still expensive to move because you're looking at special hotels, you're looking at boarding, you're looking at whatever that looks like and that alone. But then the fact that you have to pay to move your dog or your cat with you and, and it doesn't covered. always work out that way either. Yeah. And that's all on an out-of-pocket expense. It's not covered through. I mean, you could probably get it covered to the point where like, if you do a Diddy move or something like that, like some of that money could cover those costs, but that's not covered. Like it's not covered. So if you are moving overseas and you have a little zoo in your home, it, it's going to be heartbreaking, especially if you're an animal lover. For both of my friends that moved, one move or PCS to Germany and then Tesla PCSing to Italy, they had to rehome their pets just because of the situation. It just got to be too overwhelming and 
you know, for my one friend that went to Germany, she was a dog mom. She didn't have children. So for her to rehome her two babies was really hard, but they went back to stay with her mother while she went to Germany. And then in Tessa's situation, um, you know, she's a vet tech, so she's all fur baby and, you know, she loves her fur babies. So for her to rehome her dog was really, really hard. It wasn't even trying to get separate like expenses for the dog. She even had to look at getting a separate flight for her fur baby. So husband would have to fly with her children and then the other one would have to fly with their dog and then the flight wouldn't go all the way into where they were going. So then they would have to get a vehicle and drive like another two or three hours. And it just from one PCSing over there and then PCSing alone with your two children and then alone with your pet and not together with your spouse is hard. But at the end of the day too, we have to do what's best for our family. We love our fur babies, but at the end of the day, if it's going to cause so much anxiety and, and issues with moving, you have to look at other options. And well, especially internationally we can say, Oh, that's our baby. We'll never do that. But at the end of the day, sometimes we just don't have a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. International moves are hard. You're moving to a place where you're not going to know the language. You may not know the culture. You don't understand all in of that. Country, yeah. And some countries have very different ways that they view animals. Um, you know, I remember when we lived in Germany, your dog had to go through like a good manner school in order to be allowed in public. Like you had to have that certificate. I don't know if that's the same way as it is now. Uh, that was, you know, I lived in Germany as a teen. So that was a long time ago, but every country is different. And, you know, some countries you have to do quarantine. Yeah. And- I know in Hawaii, you have to do quarantine with your pets and thinking it's like 30 days. And I think they allow sometimes for that to happen on this end, but how that like the regulations of that, that's just another step that you have to take. And it, like you said, it does come down to what works for your family. And unfortunately, sometimes that is rehoming a pet. And I know that that that's our communities that we live in. They hate that about the military families that we're rehoming. But I had the same situation. We moved from Hawaii to Germany and I was 36 weeks pregnant. And it came down to either I move with my husband at 36 weeks now, or I'm not getting on a flight because I'm waiting for my dog. And I have a baby in Hawaii while he's in Germany. And it that logically made no sense. I was like, you know, at this point, the dog has to find somewhere else to go because I can't risk being alone for my first child. That, that's not the option I'm willing to take. So we also had to do that. Luckily, we ended up, like Kim mentioned, it ended up full circle getting our dogs back too eventually. But it was hard. It was heartbreaking, especially being that pregnant. My emotions were like, no, I can't give up my baby. And like, we just had to walk away from it. And that was where we were. I think too, there are programs out there that help in these situations. I'm not familiar with any of them, but I have heard by sharing Tessa's story because, you know, everybody misses her. So we've talked about her, um, that there are programs that will help you with the cost or help you with rehoming or, um, or help keeping your pet. moving them too because I know recently here we had a girl move from Bragg too they moved to Spain and their dog is following them so they were able to find a way that they have a friend here who's doing the vet appointments that are getting it onto an airplane and then it's getting shipped to them that way Um, so there are ways to go around it there's also programs here I know for sure one of them is dogs on deployment um, 
where there's foster families that will literally watch your dog for a certain amount of time. So that can be years. I mean, they do it for deployments. They could do it for a couple of years. Um, so if that's something where you want to eventually get your pet back, that's something to look into too. Yeah. You just have to do what's best for you and your dog. Like I know, like if we happen to get orders right now for overseas, I would not take Molly. Molly's at the age where she has anxiety. She does not like loud noises. Like the flight over would probably kill her. And so not even putting her through that, like you have to make sure you take that into account too. Like, you know, is it, is it something that is healthy for your dog? Does your dog suffer from anxiety? Does your dog like change? We would probably try to bring Indy, but I'm also like knowing that like, there's a lot of things that we have to jump through and depending where we would go, he would be better off going to like my sister or a friend of mine, um, where he has room to play because you also have to think about it. You know, here in the States, we have huge yards. You know, a lot of places where you're moving to, you may not have a yard at all. Like, you know, my dog, he doesn't know how to walk on a leash. He's not leash trained whatsoever. And so if we moved to a location where we had to walk him to go to the bathroom, it would just be pure chaos and he would be miserable the entire time. So you have to just take all those things into consideration and what's best for you, what's best for your dog. Two great Danes. So trying to move to that would be like, would be crazy you know, that would be custom crates and stuff because there is one there that's one of the weird rules that we learned in the move because we did move O'Connor's with our dog um back from Germany we got a different dog when we were in Germany and she came back with us but they have to have a crate that's like twice the size of them because they have to be able to stand up and move around and all this stuff so if you have a large dog you're looking at a major expense just buying a crate let alone their ticket so because I think it's also about based off of poundage and everything like, yeah, there's, it's just so much to go into it. So if you were moving with an animal, just know that that is another research headache it early, research, yeah, research it. it early. Like if you really want to go overseas and that is on your bucket list to do as a military family, just know that there is going to be the possibility that you will have to make that hard choice of not bringing one or all of your pets. Um, yeah. And we talked about dog rules. That's another thing that came up. My brother also just recently moved overseas. It's been in the year of moving overseas, but he brought his dog and his biggest concern was he's part pit. And there are rules in Italy against pits. There's rules. I think in Germany, there's rules in a lot of countries where you're going to hit that, where they're not supposed to be there. Um, you are, you can get around it. I think if you have a good vet who's willing to say, Hey, this dog is not like aggressive we're going to write that they are a lab mix instead um, that usually won't cause any issues because it's going to be on their, their uh, passport, which is another thing you have to get a passport too for your dog, which most people don't know that there's so much things like it's kind of cute because we have now in our passport binder, we have our dog's passport from when she moved with us, but you, you have to go like within 24 hours before they move to the vet again to get another thing signed. So it's, it's, it's a, a lot. It's a, it's a lot. And process. if you have kids, if you have kids or. Oh, and then, yeah, that was another thing in the airport. We had our dog. We had two kids. We had to on our layover because once we hit America, you have to go through customs before you get on your next flight. So once we hit America in Atlanta, we had to run to the gate to pick up our dog, go all the way back, push her through customs and then go all the way back with the ticket with our kids with us. So like. It does not make the move easier. I can tell no. you that. But if you want to do it, there's a way. You it's can. just going it's to cost it. money. Yeah. It's going to cause a headache. 
Um, but if it's extremely important to you, there's a way, you know, I think you mentioned like when we lived overseas, we had a family that lived next to us that moved to Hawaii and their dog had to quarantine. We kept their dog for 30 days because they, they didn't have a slot for quarantine for her for another 30 days. So we kept the dog for 30 days and then got it to quarantine and vet visits and all that type of thing. So there's a way there's people to help. There's, you know, you just have to ask. It is crazy and it can be chaotic. And if our listeners know of ways that we haven't mentioned, please send it to us. Let us know so that we can share with our, you know, spouses that come to our events and that listen to the podcast too, because every bit of information helps. So, but that can also happen not Oconus. I mean, you're oh, yeah. moving across. We moved across from Texas to North Carolina with two dogs and it just makes things so much more difficult. You're having to stop every couple hours. You're having to find the right hotels that allow you to have your dogs. And yeah, we moved, when we moved to Alaska, we drove and we, and there are only a handful of hotels that had dog that allowed dogs. And of course they were the most expensive hotels. I mean, I'm talking several hundred dollars to stay a night. Um, and it was one of those where like, we moved during, it was still snowing. So we couldn't even like leave them in the car. Like it wasn't like a cool temperature. Like we could have left them hanging out in the crate in the back of the truck or something like that. Like they had to come inside or they would have froze to death. And so, you know, I, we, I think it was like $500 for us to stay one night at this hotel. Um, and we ended up staying two nights because the weather was so bad. So like a thousand dollars right then and there was out of our pocket to stay at a hotel with our dogs on our way to Alaska. So I have a cat. I love, I love, love my cat. I've had her, her name's mama cat. I've had her for almost 13 years. Like she's my baby. She head butts me when she wants attention, everything, even moving just from Fort Rucker, Alabama to Fort Benning, Georgia was a headache because We had everything cleared out of housing. They were coming to do our inspection. So we put her like in the U-Haul, not in the U-Haul, but in my vehicle behind the U-Haul so that we could, you know, be ready to go. And all of a sudden we get down there and they're like, oh, you can't clear yet. You've got to go over to the soldier center. And we literally in the middle of summer sat at the soldier center for like five hours waiting for them to clear us because of some issue with paperwork. And even just that gave me anxiety about my cat because I had to keep going out there, cranking the car up, like turning the car off, cranking the car up, leaving the windows. So it just, if you're moving with pets, just think of things that you may not think of that might happen so that you can prepare. So a lot of stories I hear pets going missing during moves. And I remember this so vividly because I was traumatized by it. Traumatized is probably a strong word, but I was very upset. And every time we moved after that, I was just like, what about our animal? Like whatever animal we had. We were PCSing from Fort Bragg to Fort Benning during hurricane season. I should note that. And we are driving down and we have to stop for the night because a hurricane's coming and we weren't driving through the weather. And I remember saying we had a cat named Gracie had it all through my childhood. And I was like, what about Gracie? My mom's like, well, he can't come in the hotel. The hotel's not allowing the cats in, but he'll be fine. He was in his like little crate inside the U-Haul. Well, that little bugger escaped. So upset. So, so, so upset. And so obviously like, you know, we looked for him for a little while and then eventually we're like, my parents are like, okay, we have to get back on the road. 
all of me and my sisters are like, oh, we're, we're leaving our cat in the middle yeah, of like, well, thankfully, I think it was like three months later, the hotel called us and said, hey, we spotted the cat. We got him. My mom drove back up there and got the cat. But like that happens all the time. I hear it all the time. Like, yeah, like, you know, we stopped for the night. Dog escaped, ran out of the hotel room and things like that. So you have to keep that in mind too. Like it just as hard and there's anxiety for you. Think about all that for your animal too. Like they feel those too. So, you know, if you have an animal, like I know Molly, Molly, our drive from Texas to North Carolina, like I wish I could have sedated her. Like she was just in the back trembling the entire time. She's like, I don't like this. And that's just how she is. I feel like with cats too, we have to be careful because even like when you get to your location and you get to your new house, if you leave that door open for two seconds, they're gone because you've just completely uprooted their whole little bitty world too. So like we moved just across from Warm Springs Road to the other side and one of our cats darted out and went back to our other house over a main road because that's what they knew I couldn't imagine if we had actually moved from a base to another base like where would the cat have gone (laughs) but you know eventually we went back to our old house captured it and brought it back here and kept it locked up for you know a week or so but keep that in mind too when you move if that animal darts out it's not going to know where to go so you're going to have to go and look for it and keep it locked up so that hopefully that doesn't happen Pets are a lot. It's a, it's a huge thing. And then, so we were talking about CONUS too. So I was thinking about it while we were sitting here talking about pets, but like back to the FMP, but like on that same level is command sponsorship. I think when you're not nationally, a lot of the time, that's a step that kind of gets stepped, be, skipped because it's not all that vital when you're in the States to be command sponsored for things. Um, it's something you should do. I think it's a, it's a should definitely utilize should that, do. Huh? But when you move, if you're not command sponsored, when his orders come down, you're not on his orders. So you need to make sure you're doing that when you get to any duty station, because that you're not going to want that because he's going to get his orders and they should be nice enough to go back and let you do this command sponsorship, but they may not be. They may be like, Hey, he needs to report. It really just depends on like the needs of the military and how vital that is. So that's a, that's a huge step that like, don't skip that. And if you're moving Oconus, if you don't have command sponsorship, you can't live in another country. So that's, they, they won't, they, you just can't do that. You have to be part of the military in order to live in those countries the way we do. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I was thinking, like, I think it's important <laughs> to have that sponsorship just because like you have one point of contact that is there to answer questions and they're just as liable to answer those questions than you are to use that program. Like it's an assigned soldier. So they are, they are responsible for you. So if something comes down to it, they're going to be held accountable too. So like utilize that program. Obviously now we have the grand internet and all the Facebook pages and things like that. So you can easily do your own research, but whether you, the person actually helps you. Oh yeah. Like sponsor sponsors. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a different part of that part, but yeah. the, you will get assigned a sponsor whether you want one or not when you move. Um, they're supposed to pick you up at the airport. Doesn't always happen. They're supposed to take you to the airport when you move back. Doesn't always happen. I know from our experience, it wasn't great, but some are great. Some that they enjoy, just like what we do here at Deploy Love, like bringing people into the community and showing them around. Some of them will. They'll bring you to your their house when you first move there and don't have your furniture. Yeah, because that's another thing we don't talk about. (laughs) 
Like when you move furniture, like you are without all of your worldly goods for. Oh my God. Yeah. I highly, they let you send that early shipment of stuff. Highly, highly recommend sending more than you expect because you're thinking, oh, well, we'll be okay. You're more likely to be okay on the end that you're coming from where you have friends and family near you Mm -hmm. and you know who you can reach out to, to help you with those things than you are when you move. Cause if you don't, we moved, like I said, we moved 36 weeks pregnant. I, we didn't ship the the crib and all that stuff early that early because we didn't think it was going to be an issue, but we didn't know anybody when we got there. So then we didn't have stuff that we needed. So well, and people are always going to tell you that there's things that, you know, the, the lending closet or whatever they call it at your organization, your duty station, they do have stuff, but if you're in the height of PCS season, you're more likely to not have anything at all. And, you know, you never know what can happen with the shipping containers. When we moved overseas the first time, I remember we didn't have anything for four months, anything. Like we had like these little dinky, like twin beds that the military let us. Yeah. That's one good thing about Oconos is they do have that, that they do give to you. Um, if you live on base that they'll give you loaner furniture, but yeah, but it's nice. It's not like I remember and, and we didn't have like sheets or anything like that. Like we had to go buy it eventually. Like we had sleeping bags, I think, you know, our couch was literally the wicker furniture we have on our back porch nowadays. That was our couch that they gave us. I mean, <laughs> that's what they had. So it's like you were sleep sitting on wicker furniture in your <laughs> living room, which is it's just, just, just odd, but like, yeah. it, there, there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, we're saying a lot of bad things about Oconus. I promise you that it's worth it's it. Worth in the end. It. It's something that you won't ever get to experience again. So if you have the opportunity, definitely jump at it. If you want to see another country, if you want to experience different cultures, just know that it can be difficult. It can be difficult moving from state to state, state side too. I mean, I feel like we had more issues moving from Texas to North Carolina, North Carolina to you know, Alaska, like it comes with their own set of difficulties too, but Oconus just comes with a special set of hurdles that you have to jump over to make sure that you get where you need to go. But I agree 100% send stuff early Send you know, if you are arriving around school time, send your school's clothes ahead of time or pack it. You get two large bags too to pack. So I mean like pack all of it too and put it on the airplane. But if you know that you use your crock pot, like its own religion or whatever, you may use something, pack that early, you know, pack it in your suitcase, like do, do what you need to do. But you will be without things that you find as a comfort for a while. And just remember too, we're still kind of in the middle of COVID. We still have those rules and regulations that are kind of setting back. Um, For example, when she got to Italy, her stuff still isn't there. It had to quarantine and then trying to get it delivered. And it's just been a headache. So they still don't have anything and they've been gone forever. Well, I recently heard that a lot of uh, places, even stateside, like our people are having to pay out of pocket right now because moving companies are just understaffed. Yeah. I and, was just reading that yesterday. Yeah. There was a couple of girls. That, I don't, I don't know what group I was reading it in, but someone, I think it was for Bragg. Yeah, I was, was like, they picked up all our stuff. It's, it's packed. It's in a container. It is sitting, waiting for a driver. We do not know. There's like no estimated date. There's nothing. They just took their stuff yeah. and it's sitting somewhere. In well, and then that's and- always the worry of your things getting lost and misplaced and things like that. But like I was reading the other day on one of the pages here at Fort Bragg that those that are that are moving went to their briefing and they were pretty much told like mm-hmm. 
if you're moving before July 30th or something like that, you're going to have to, you're responsible for paying for your stuff to move. Like, and you can't use a moving company. So you have to move yourself. Um, we'll reimburse you obviously, but like, you know, but a lot of families don't like to do that. A lot of families, you know, don't want to deal with the hassle of packing everything up and putting it on a human hall and driving it across country. Families are being told right now, like, unfortunately we don't have the stuff to help you guys. So you guys are going to have to do it on your own. I think not being able to hire a moving company is a little odd to me but probably because it's going to be super expensive. Well, everything right now is there. Everybody's struggling for employees. Awesome. So you yeah. just keep yeah. that. And then material, like, you know, listening to the podcast, because I listen to y'all's podcast too, when I'm not on it, you know, just trying to get like air conditioners to complete a house. So just imagine like the material to even pack, um, you know, the saran wrap, you may not even think, okay, it comes on a little like spinner thing. Well, what if they can't get the spinners, you know, so they have all the strand wrap, but no spinners. So it's just little things like that. Bill. Yeah trying to get back on balance. For I think so too. Cause we still have a lot of companies who are not at capacity. Like they're not at their max capacity. They don't have enough employees to run their company. So the people who are working are working long hours. And of course there's, you know, labor laws and things like that, that they have to follow. So like, you know, they can't work over a certain amount of hours. So they're having to like extend things out. So it is keep that in mind. Um, if you are able to do a Disney move, I suggest doing it especially if it's only a couple states away. Yeah, it's a little bit more work on your end, but you're guaranteed to have your stuff there when you arrive. Yeah, and we talked about boxes well, and, and packaging material last year because that's something that, yeah. that does end up being a huge cost in that that you don't think of at the trucks. But let's be good military family to each other this year. When we know that this is the situation, give your boxes away to people. Don't sell them. Don't just destroy them. Put it up on the community. I mean, I've seen so many in the last few weeks as the as PCS has started. Uh, boxes, like people are like, hey, do you want my boxes? Because I just don't yeah. want them. Do that for your other community. Make sure that you're giving back to the military families who have to go through it. Once, if you just survived a PCS, help the next person survive yeah. it too. Well, I know like when we moved here, they were taking boxes because they're like, we'll unpack stuff. But like, to me, when they unpack, they just throw everything on the floor and it's not organized and it just causes me more anxiety. So I always just tell them like, do the big, bo- big ticket items, like put the beds together, put yeah. the furniture where it needs to go, but leave all the boxes. Cause I will unpack those as I go. So then I always have boxes and paper left over anytime we move. And I'm just like, Hey, who wants them? And there's always, always someone who wants them. So especially if you're in a military community, it was a little harder for us to get rid of them when we were in Texas because we weren't in a military community. So eventually I think we ended up like taking them to the dump. But here, when we moved here, they were gone within two hours. So there's always people looking for them. Yeah. And it, it may feel easier just to throw in the trash, but you can set it on the curb and literally make one post in your neighborhood if you're in a military community and it will be gone. You don't even have, you can put your address and not even deal with messages and they will disappear so be nice in your community if you're going through things I mean that's the same with that lending closet if you have things from your old house that you move and you're like these curtains don't fit go take them down there and donate them so that the next person moving in it might fit their house and they're not having to pay for that yeah especially like if you are I mean we all do it we all do a clean out before we we move like we go through everything like we we don't need this anymore we even do it after we move too because then we're like oh I don't have a space for this like mm-hmm. definitely take it to the linen closet don't just drop it off at Goodwill because those I mean they can use it you can think about like toys like 
there's so many kid people who PCS that don't don't bring toys with them. And then yeah, that's one that thing you don't think about when you're, you're shipping no. stuff, but then you're sitting there in a new country that you don't know. High chair. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you know, none of those things that you really think about, like bringing with you. I know like when we moved back here, we knew it was going to be like up to four weeks before they got our stuff that they packaged up to us just because of the rotation of shipping containers and stuff like that. Even from Texas to North Carolina, we knew it was going to be a couple of weeks. So we, we packed up both the cars with like things we knew we would need for a month. So we, the high chair and a pack and play and things like that, but you don't always have that option. You don't always have the space. You know, if you don't have a truck, it's not easy to do that. So you have to pick and choose, but having lending closets where you can go and borrow those things for a few months without having to purchase another one really helps on that wallet. Especially we talked about, I think the last girl chat, but the, the Oconus lending closet is like different because you're looking at different electronics. So if you are moving yeah. away from there, there's no reason to pack. No reason for stuff. it. You're, and we brought some things back because we really like the new DVD player we bought when we were there, but then it, we got back here and it was just like, we're not going to use this because we have to get a different outlet. We'd have to get all this stuff rewired. And it was just like, that's never going to happen. And we better off to just buy a new one. Yeah. 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 If you have electronics that are specific for Europe. Yeah. I would give it to a friend. If you know a new family that's coming into your unit, leave it at the company and say, Hey, here, this is for the next person, whatever it may be, or send it to the lending closet. There's so many little things that you don't think about. And it's not like, and you don't think about it because like, if you're new to the military life and you've moved before, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, you know, you have to have the paperwork, you know, you have to say, oh, you're good to go. You know, your spouse has to be there by a certain time, you know, check in, go back to work. You may be stuck unpacking the house by yourself because your, your spouse is back at work doing, you know, whatever they do in the military. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Oconus moves are different for every single person because mm-hmm. you, your friend may have just moved their civilian, but then your orders say you have to move through space a. So then you're looking at sitting in Maryland with, we did that on the way yeah. from Hawaii to Germany. We had to sit in Maryland for three days to get the next space a. So like, it's going to look different. It may go really smoothly for your friend. And you may be like, oh, this is going to be fine, but make sure you're doing the research. Cause it could be entirely different. Every yep. single person's thing is different. Yeah. We flew space a quite a bit when we moved, when we lived overseas. Um, but it's a good thing to look into too. It is. Um, I don't think we've ever really mentioned it, but now it is back up and running. Um, so yeah. I have just read an article if about you have like, a lot of flexibility, even if you're just traveling, if you just want to go overseas and travel somewhere, if you have flexibility, it's a great tool to use. Just know that there's always the possibility of not getting back when you need to be back. We yeah, never really because, had issues with it. Yeah. If you don't know space, a the military active duty gets that, that first. So if they, yeah. even if they're just traveling, I think even if they're traveling for fun, they get priority over spouses and stuff. So if they decide that that's the plane they're getting on in their space, they get priority. So you and, can sit at the airport for hours. And, and it's like, not always a commercial flight. Just so you guys know, you could be on a C-17, you could be on a rinky dinky little plane too. I've flown everything on space. A. I mean, I've flown on a C, I might've not been a C-17. Is it a C-19? I don't know. One of the really big ones, like it, there was a Humvee sitting next to me strapped down. You know, we were in like the little seat, fold out seats on the side of the plane. It was freezing cold. I remember I was not dressed appropriately. Like I had like leggings and a t-shirt on, but 
it was freezing. It was really cool to say that I've been on one of those planes, but it's not always a cabin seating like you are used to on a commercial flight. And those are long flights. So. It was an eight hour flight because that one was, we flew that one. So we were stationed overseas my junior year in high school. And so we flew back to go look at colleges during spring break. We flew Space A and our flight to the States was on a C7, one of the larger planes. I want to say it's a C-17, but I, I could be wrong. Flying over was on one of those. Super cold. Thankfully, the soldiers were really, really nice. Like someone let me borrow their little sleeping mat. So I got to like at least lay on a mat instead of like the hard, cold, like metal. So they, they were really sweet and stuff. But like we didn't have like normal food or anything like that. Like you would have on a on an eight hour flight. I think we ate an MRE. <laughs> it was still really a fun experience. I would definitely suggest if you're flying space A, come prepared for different types of planes. Like, you know, I had flip flops on and I remember my feet being so cold. Like I didn't have socks, like have a pair of socks, have a sweatshirt, maybe a beanie. I don't know. It can get cold. And then on our way back was another military plane, but they had like a little cabin, like at the top of the plane where they had like six rows, normal seating that you would think of on an airplane. And we flew back on that one, but it was still really different because it was still a military plane that had this type of seating. Um, so it's an adventure and you could be sitting there for days. You could be sitting there for 30 minutes. It really depends on who else is flying at that time and where you're going. The benefit is you do have the USO. Most of those are have a USO sitting right outside of them. So mm-hmm. that gives you the chance to even some of them have bunk beds in their USO, somewhere to take a nap, somewhere to at least put your suitcase so you can walk around the airport without having to carry your stuff. Because that stuff I'm pretty sure you don't even check your suitcase in until you for sure on that flight. So you're sitting there, not only are you sitting in the airport, but you're sitting there with all your stuff. Well, and it depends on where you're flying out of too. So, cause like here at Fort Bragg, you don't go to Fayetteville. I mean, unless it's changed, it could have changed in the last couple of years. I haven't flown space a since 2005. Yeah, in 2012. So, um, like I know like here we, we just went to Pope air force base and we had to wait there yeah. For the yes or no. And it wasn't like we turned in that stuff. It was, yeah, it was one of those areas. But I do know that they do space A out of other larger airports that are yeah, military. Ours, we flew out of somewhere in Maryland and that was, it was, we were in the civilian airport, but we were all like in this loungy area, kind of like in the check-in area that we were all just kind of hanging out there. So it, it was an experience. It was definitely different, but we are able to get on because we had or- direct orders. But if you're trying to travel back to see family, it is a great affordable way to do that. Like Ashley said, if you have flexibility in your schedule, especially coming back here to the United States, do it because if you're just going to be with family anyways, and you can move that left or right, it's free. And you don't have to use it. You don't have to use it PCSing too. Like you can use it. Like if you want to go on a trip and you have flexibility, you can do that too. It's just the priority is going to go to those who are going because they have active duty orders family members who are on active duty orders to go overseas somewhere type of thing. So there, there is a pecking order. So you're, you're usually at the very bottom if you're just a spouse traveling. Yeah. Like we said, don't let this discourage you from getting Oconus orders. Like that was the best times of my life was living over in Germany. We had both my kids there. We traveled. I mean, Europe is so small. You look at it on a map and it looks similar to the United States, but Germany itself is smaller than North Carolina. Like so we were able to travel to all the countries that touched it while we lived there. And it, I loved it. Yeah. It's a beautiful experience. So I want to go back. I want to go back. To so I, I don't know if um, my husband is on board. 
I would, I never got to experience that with Travis because we didn't really move very much. We stayed in one spot for almost 10 years. So now that like my friends are going, I'm like, okay, I'm going to come visit. I want to go to Germany and visit you over there. And I want to go to Italy and visit her over there. So and that's what's great about the military. opportunity to go to and visit yes. your friends. Um, yeah. You know, Cause once you get out of the military, you may not be able to do that. Yeah. I, I just had a friend that just moved to Germany and I'm like, I need to go get my passport renewed. Cause, cause it's so great. And you, if you know people who are overseas, I mean, I know for myself, like if I was overseas and anyone wanted to come visit, I'd be like, I got a room. Come on. There may be some people who aren't like that, but I mean, you're going to know who they are. You, if you're friends with them yeah. and you know how, if they're willing to let you come stay, but I mean, I'm my, my home is always open. Even if you're driving through the States and you need a night to a place to stay for the night, like my home is always open to anybody. So it reminds me when Sabrina came down here and my air conditioner went out, I'm like, my house <laughs> is always open. You're welcome to come. And then, and then like, it was just like, by the way, <laughs> I don't have middle any. of July. <laughs> yeah. I so just, hot. I always just ask for a heads up, say, Hey, like, you know, give me like a couple hours heads up so I can at least make sure the house is presentable. But that's one of the things I love about the military community is you probably know someone along your route. Like if, if you're, even if you're PCSing and you're going from like Fort Bragg to, I don't know what, which, um, JBLM, whatever you're, if, if we'll just go from one stream to the other stream, you're probably going to know people on your way. Like, you know, you can start, you can stop on along the way, even people who you knew who are no longer in the military who are, have gone back home and things like that. You're going to know people. And it's a great opportunity to see those people on your way there. Like you don't have to use them. You can actually use that opportunity to be like, Hey, we're driving out this. We would love to see you guys for the day. Can we stop by and hang out with you for a day or two? It's a great way to like see friends that you've met along the way. And it does save you money. We, when we came from Texas to North Carolina, we stopped at one of my, well, literally my best friend from Germany's house on the way. And she, I was traveling with my sister. She'd never met her. We spent the night at their house. It was not even an issue. We had our dogs and just, yep, come on in. Here's the backyard. The dog got out. You guys are talking about that, but our dog got out of her yard and (laughs) chasing around the neighborhood because she didn't know where she was. And, but it was so nice because we got to see each other again after a few years. And it was a free place to stop along the way. That's, that's, the, that's the great thing about being military spouses too, is you find your, you get to these new bases and then hopefully you find your, your tribe, you know, and you find your people and they become your family. They become your military family. So then traveling and seeing them is even better because it's like you're getting to see family that you hadn't seen in years. Yeah. So build that. I know it, it gets really hard. And I think it, it, we've talked about it in the hearts connected or like, oh, I have no friends. I have no friends or friends. Oh, I mean, best friends. Oh, now we got to move. So yes. like, it, it happens, but that's the best friends. And then they're the ones that when you do move, you have in all of these different places to bring along with you. And I, we always keep saying this too, but keep those connections. I mean, I know I'm the type of person that doesn't always communicate like on a daily basis with like my friends. I'm the worst. I'm like that with my family too. But I also know that like at a drop of a hat, like if I text my best friend in Texas, it's like we, we talked yesterday. So if you have those friendships, keep them, keep them alive and stuff. Um, you know, plan family vacations together. I mean, they're family. I mean, my military friends are my family. So, you know, you don't always have to use your leave to go see your family. If you want to visit other people, do so. 
and give your friends that grace too. Cause like you said, Ashley, not everybody is somebody that's going to text every day. I'm really bad about calling people myself. So I'm just, if busy. you haven't heard from your friend in a while and you're like, why not text them? Don't get upset with them. You don't know what they're going through because they don't live there anymore. So give them a little grace too, and check in with them when they may not remember to check in with you. Yeah. And I think like, that's really important to say, because I know like with me, like, you know, I have two small kids. I work full time. I volunteer for deployed love full time. I do all other sorts of things. So like, I don't usually focus on myself and that includes checking in with my friends, but I will tell you, I'm the first person that if you need something, I don't care what it is. I'm there. Like if you need me to watch your kids for a week, I have them. If you have, you know, I think that's important to know that like, just because you don't talk to someone on a daily basis does not mean that they're there for you. And you have to, I, like I said, I'm the absolute worst. So if I have any of my friends that are listening, I love you, but like, I know I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I could go like a whole week and not even realize a week's gone by because I'm just so busy. And I think a lot of people are that way nowadays, um, especially as your kids are getting, we're all in that age now where we all have a, a child or we're in a career focus mentality. Um, at least at our age, I think, I think the younger, our younger um, audience that listens, maybe not be there quite there yet, but you know, as you get older, you, your priorities change. And a lot of times your priorities take your priorities, like for yourself to the back burner and you're focused on all these other little bubbles that you're working on. And one of those could be, you're not communicating with your friends as often as you like, or as often as they would like. Yep. But we hope that you, you take advantage of that when you can. I mean, those, those people were put in your life for a good reason. They were very huge supports, maybe even through a deployment that you didn't think you were going to get through. So they're, they're going to still be there for you no matter where your lives have changed and gone. So keep those friendships, build your tribe. That's what deployed loves for come to our events. We we're up and running at a lot of locations now. So make sure you check our page because there's going to be lots of events, lots of pop-up events this summer at all of our locations. So make sure you guys are doing that and keep following the podcast. We have some good ones coming up. We talked a little bit about EFMP right now, but we have some specialists that are going to come on and talk with us a little bit more about how that program works and why it's important. So we look forward to that. We look forward to a fun summer with you guys. And I hope that you guys are having a great summer. We will talk to you guys later and rock up buttercup. Bye.